As we come before God's word this day, we do so as Jesus would have done and his disciples sharing their statement of faith. And that is our statement of faith as well. As we join together in the Shema, I invite you to join with me uh, as we share it in Hebrew and then in English. Shema Israel. Adonai Eloheinu. Adonai Ahad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Our scripture reading this morning comes to us from John's Gospel. We are reading in the 14th chapter. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, because he abides with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Over the past several weeks, David has been sharing with us about our foundational values here in this church family. We are beloved. We have a story. We have a responsibility. We have a family. And today we talk about the value of the Holy Spirit, the value that we are never alone. On his last night with the disciples, Jesus promised them the Holy Spirit who would come and be with them forever. He wanted them and us to know that we are not alone. And when Jesus gave this promise, he was offering a new understanding of God, no longer as one who would be seen far away, or who would only work in certain ways among certain people at certain times. But instead, a God who desires to be intimately close to us, who loves us with a profound love and wants to be in relationship with us. It is not only God with us, but the understanding that God envelops us in his love and hems us in and holds us. It is a relationship that is full of intimacy and union, joy and friendship, power to live as the disciples lived and to know that we are not alone. And this is secured when Jesus says, I will not leave you orphaned. I'm coming to you. But it is not enough just to know about the Holy Spirit. We must also desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to allow the experience of the Spirit to move in our daily lives and to empower us. Paul said, if we live by the Spirit, we must also walk by the Spirit. And we are able to do this when we allow the Holy Spirit to be our constant companion in this life. 
For many years, I knew the Holy Spirit, or at least I knew about the Holy Spirit. I certainly had read about the Holy Spirit in Scripture, and I knew that the Holy Spirit was part of the Trinity, that understanding of God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I sang to the Holy Spirit, as we did today, in the doxology and in our hymns. And I experienced the Holy Spirit, especially at certain moments in my life, like my call to ministry when I was a youth, some mountaintop experiences that I've had in my life, and when I needed to make important life decisions, I depended on God's presence and power. But what I knew was mostly in my head. I knew about the Holy Spirit, but I didn't really know the Holy Spirit with my heart. About 20 years ago, or maybe a little more, that began to change. When I had a very powerful experience of God's Holy Spirit presence in my life. And in that moment, I received a physical and spiritual healing that changed my life. That opened me to God in new ways, in new understandings, in a new relationship that brought me joy and peace, but it also gave me a great new joy in my life and my ministry and an ever-deepening relationship with God, hungering for God in that constant presence. I knew without a doubt I was not alone. Jesus' disciples also knew about the Spirit of God, And they too needed to know and experience the Spirit in that inner being in their very hearts. And we find that as we move a little further in John's Gospel in chapter 20, the risen Christ comes to those disciples on that first Easter evening. He speaks peace to them. And then we are told he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. They did, and the world has never been the same. Throughout John's Gospel, he is very intentional about revealing that Jesus is God with us. We see it in the I Am sayings and in the stories and conversations of Jesus in his actions. And we see it here, where Jesus breathes on the disciples. It is John's equivalent to the moment in Genesis chapter 2, in verse 7, that says, The Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. I love the Hebrew word for breath. For Holy Spirit, I know you've heard it. The word is ruach. It is a word that is breath-giving. And it is a meaning of both wind and breath of God. It is not the essence of God, but it is the encountered power 
of God. Ruach. It is mysterious and dynamic as the wind itself that we can feel, that we can see its effects, and yet is invisible to us. One of my favorite childhood memories is driving past the Buttercrust Bakery on Broadway. Do some of you remember doing that? And those of you who came after the bakery closed, I am so sorry. Because driving past that bakery, one could just breathe in this wonderful aroma of fresh baked bread. It brought me joy, it brought me comfort, and it made me hungry. And in addition, when I was uh, in school later on, elementary school, we actually got to go to that bakery and taste that delicious bread. The Holy Spirit invites us to breathe deeply in the same way of God's holy presence, to experience joy and comfort and a deepening hunger for God and being in relationship with God and others. As the psalmist says, to taste and see that the Lord is good. In fact, scripture from Genesis to Revelation is full of references to God's Spirit or the Holy Spirit. If you count them, there are probably over 800 references in both the Old and the New Testaments. When Jesus speaks about the Holy Spirit to his disciples, when he promises the Holy Spirit and then later prays on them, he's not just revealing a new concept, but rather an enlarged understanding of who God is, how God works, and how God desires to relate to each one of us. It would take the church a few more centuries to come up with a name for this revelation, this understanding of the one God in three ways, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We call it the Trinity. It is a great mystery, a divine relationship of unending love and grace that draws us in and invites us to be a part of that experience, that perfect communion with God. In fact, I love the way Richard Rohr speaks of the Trinity. He calls it the circle dance of love. And if you've ever been in a circle dance, you know you're usually holding hands with others and you're moving together. You know you are not alone. In my office, I have a picture of Jesus painted on a large piece of wood. It is a gift that I received from a friend of mine after his death several years ago. We call it an icon. It is a beautiful picture of Jesus. And what spoke to me in this portrait of Jesus were his eyes deep and penetrating and full of love and drawing one in to himself. And then just over a year ago, I discovered something else about this portrait. It was his mouth. The lips of Jesus are in a blowing shape. And I suddenly realized 
this is a portrait of Jesus breathing on the disciples on that first Easter evening. And I find that when I stand in front of it, it's as if I feel God's breath filling me in the same way. The Holy Spirit dwells in all of us. From our baptism on, as David marked the seal and sign of the Holy Spirit with the cross on the children's foreheads this morning. But we need a daily infilling if we're going to live fully in the Holy Spirit. For you see, the Spirit reveals God's truth to us, opens us to ever new understandings of Scripture, creates faith and summons us to live out that faith, comforts us, guides us, undergirds us when trouble comes. The Holy Spirit is simply God's presence and joy with us. We are not alone. The Spirit then moves and works in us when we invite Him in. And we see fruits of the Spirit, as Paul mentions, growing in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, generosity, and self-control. But there's another aspect to the Holy Spirit. He can be like a wild wind or a burning flame, as we read about in Acts. And the Spirit can propel us in new directions, in new understandings, in new experiences and unimagined growth. I'm reminded of our Hebrew ancestors who stood on the brink of the Red Sea. Their Egyptian enslavers fast coming upon them. And they don't know where to go. And then God tells Moses, tell the people to move forward. And when they take that leap of faith and move forward into the waters, the breath of God parts the waters and they move to safety. So we too must be receptive when God calls us to move forward in the power of the Holy Spirit who blows among us, opening our minds to new possibilities of love and service and understanding. And here in this church, we value the Holy Spirit's presence and movement among us. We want to be open to every movement of the Holy Spirit, even when we can't fully comprehend comprehend what God is doing or where God is leading us. But this I know, the Holy Spirit is always about positive change that will bring God's kingdom to earth in new and unexpected ways. So we need to be ready to experience the gale of wind and the tongues of flame as well as the soft murmurings of of the Holy Spirit of God. Because God is always creating and recreating, redeeming, and making all things new. I once read that a good measuring stick for how the Holy Spirit is moving in our lives is if we find ourselves in places we never expected to go. 
when we open ourselves to the Holy Spirit living in us, teaching us, growing us, empowering, and even challenging us. We find ourselves in that long line of God's people who invited the Holy Spirit in their lives. And our world was changed. So today, I invite all of us to breathe deeply of the holy presence of God. And then let us move forward into that future that God holds for us, emboldened by the Holy Spirit. Because we know without a doubt that God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen.